The Ringer's Dave Hill takes you on a journey into the underground lives and careers of six professional gamblers. This eight-part podcast is a unique look into the gambling world that you don't want to miss. Check out Gamblers on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. COVID-19 vaccines are starting to become available to the general public. Getting vaccinated is the first step to getting back to all the things we miss most. I really missed seeing my grandmother. Uh, I saw her the other week. I was able to because I have both my vaccine shots and I was able to see her. We still wore masks, but there wasn't like that fear, like none of the weight that you might transmit the virus. And we were able to like watch the Masters and she was just totally disgusted by Jordan Spieth every time he hit his driver. And it was like really nice to just be there for that moment. And it's also just nice to like just be around some friends again without the awkwardness of like who's in what pod or like who's boyfriend is taking what seriously and who isn't and like you have to worry about any of that stuff anymore it's just nice like my a cousin just had a baby another cousin's about to have a baby i would like to meet them it's really nice to not worry and like that the anxiety that kind of builds it kind of dissipates it's really been amazing the only downside is i don't really have an excuse to not hang out with people anymore because i'm vaccinated other than that honestly it makes every single day better but it's okay to have questions like, should you get it? Is it safe? Should you wait? It's okay to have questions. So you can get the facts at getvaccineanswers.org. That's getvaccineanswers.org so you can make an informed decision. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Ringer NFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash Ringer NFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer availability and eligibility may vary. Welcome to the Ringer NFL show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I'm joined by my co-host, Danny Kelly. DK, draft is next week. Yep. Want to talk some trades, my guy? Well, what else could we do? It's probably the best part of the pre-draft process is, is guessing trades and trying to figure out what the hell these teams are doing. Because every year, teams do trade. It's one of the hardest parts about doing mock drafts and, and trying to like get anywhere close to like accurate in a mock draft because you because you cannot predict these trades. So um, with all that being said, we're going to try to predict a few or at least talk about a few that could happen. Yeah, we're going to predict a few. We're also going to recklessly speculate about things that will not happen, but like <laughs> would be really fun to think about because that's kind of what this vibe free draft is. It's like the most exciting part or time of being a fan. If you're one of the 25 teams that yeah. are probably not going to win the Super Bowl this year and you tell yourself, well, if we make this trade for this player, like, we just trade a future first and a second for Jamar Chase. Like, boom, who's going to stop us? And it, it, it just, it's kind of like buying a lottery ticket where what you're really <laughs> yeah. paying for is to think about what you do with the money for however long. And that's kind of what, <laughs> yeah. you, know what you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. In Washington, where I live, the the lottery or the lotto, like the ad campaign that has been going on for years is it's the Department of Imagination. 
really <laughs> is what you're buying into. And it's like all these True. like ridiculous situations and scenarios that people think up what they're going to do if they win the lottery. So similar, I, I guess, to the draft in the sense that it gives it gives people hope for what their team could be in some, you know, in some galaxy or whatever, some dimension. But um yeah, most of it's not going to come true. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to start with like the more realistic stuff and we're going to like work our way to more well, <laughs> less <fun>. realistic, less <laughs> realistic. Yeah, I guess like, we go toward. I mean, tomorrow's 420. We're going to eventually work our way to like the hits bong. There stuff. we go. We'll get there, there we eventually. Go. OK, so you want to start with trades that we think will happen, like real, like real talk, a.k.a. It just makes too much sense. That's the way I thought about yeah. this. Do you want me to go first? Yes, you're you're the draft guy. You're you're the you're, you've put in all the hard work. I think it'd be pretty pretty awkward if I just was like gonna like elbow you out and be like, no, I'm going first. <laughs> That's fair. All right, so I did a I did a new mock draft today. It was Monday, and the first well, not the first trade, but the trade that I'm like beginning to believe more and more this is going to happen. I actually feel it will happen. Is the Patriots moving up from 15 to number seven? trading with the Lions in order to select Justin Fields quarterback from Ohio State. Now, wow. It there are many like scenarios where this will not happen. Maybe he ends up actually being traded or sorry, maybe he ends up actually being drafted by the 49ers. This was all a giant smokescreen. Or maybe some other team trades up a little bit higher and and jumps what the Patriots could do here. But I'm becoming more convinced that uh, Fields is going to fall slightly. The Jets are going to take Zach Wilson, it feels like. The 49ers are going to take Mac Jones. And then someone, either the Falcons or whoever, is going to take Trey Lance, and that leaves Justin Fields just sitting out there for some team to go up and get. And there's a couple of things, I think, that make this make too much damn sense. Number one, it is kind of, a, it's it's against the grain for what the Patriots typically would do in this situation. They, they're not a trade-up team. They're typically more likely to trade back and pick up more picks and just get more darts and all that. But this year, the way that they approach free agency kind of makes me think they're just, they basically looked at last year and they're like, fuck that. We're not going to be bad again. Like we can't do that. That sucked. It was not fun. We want to be good. So they went out and spent $137 million guaranteed on the first day of free agency, which I believe was like this, the most ever on the first day of free agency. So um, that kind of just tells you their mindset. They're aggressive. They want to be good this year. They have a they have a uh, roster that could accommodate having a, a young guy come in and and you know basically just be like a ball distributor or whatever. So yeah, I actually am beginning to believe, much to my chagrin, because it's going to make me be a uh, it's making me be a Patriots fan if Justin Fields ends up on the Patriots. But um, I just think it's going to happen, and I also think the NFL deserves. For whatever they get, if they let Justin Fields fall and and going to the Patriots would be like, the NFL, you deserve this. Don't let him fall. You think this is karma? Yeah. (laughs) For everyone, for all these other teams overthinking it. Do not invoke. You know what? The Patriots getting Justin Fields is karma. Okay, please don't don't do that to anyone. (laughs) It's karma for all the idiots who are overthinking this. Is my point. So I so I actually have the Patriots trading up for for Justin Fields that as in the next category we're going to do, which is like trades that like. Maybe it could happen 50 50. I'm surprised you have it as like more likely than not, basically. Because on one hand, the Patriots obviously never trade up, give right. up picks. However, they also never sign free agents. And so it's a mix of desperation. Bob Kraft said we did it because there was a market inefficiency and like fewer teams were bidding. So we saw value. I don't know what value there is in it. Nelson Aguilar at $11 million a year. I don't know what value there is in making t- 
Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, like the third and fourth highest paid tight ends. Don't see a ton of value there. So I think it's more <laughs> desperation and yourself. clouded. Yeah. And the, like, honestly, Bob Kraft's explanation of why they did this was very much like when I just impulse buy something at Amazon and then retroactively justify it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, no, you just wanted something. And you did. It's OK. You can admit <laughs> right, that. Right. That's fine. So anyway, it makes sense. My question for you is what you just hit, which is we know that there's going to be quarterbacks one, two, three. We know it'll be Lawrence. Mm-hmm. It'll probably be Wilson. Three is kind of a mystery. But that's the thing is that we've got two quarterbacks, which really seems it'll be two of Mac Jones, Trey Lance and Justin Fields, who are just floating there after the third pick. And we don't know who those two teams are going to be. Mm. And so you think the Patriots are the one that's going to make the move. I that I don't have like a I don't have good inside sources for like they're going to be doing this. I'm just I got this feeling that the market inefficiency in this case is the NFL being stupid and like making up reasons for <laughs> Justin Fields to fall out of the top three or four or five or even further. So, yeah, I think that like that's just the Patriots have been a smart organization for years. They don't have a quarterback answer right now. Obviously, what the, the contract they gave Cam Newton is ridiculously small relative to some of his peers. I mean, it's like one one year, five, 5.1 million with a whole bunch of performance and playoff incentives baked in. So um, maybe like less likely to be earned type incentives. So they're not paying very much. They have the flexibility. If they have a rookie come in, um, you know, you can have a real competition. So the fact that I put this in the trade that will happen category is probably a bridge too far, I will admit. But I've just got so- this feeling... It's going to happen. I think you've probably been texting Bill too much. That's probably why you have a feeling it's going to happen. <laughs> I talked to Bill about this on his podcast. I'm like, I, I I, don't want this to happen, like in the sense that I'm not trying to like pander to Bill's fantasy that this is going to happen. But I am starting to legitimately believe it's going to happen. Now, on the other hand, so we asked uh, people on Twitter to give us like their scenarios that they think are going to happen, the wackiest, most likely um, scenario, trade scenarios in the draft. And I'm going to say Steve Glaros from Twitter tweeted this at us. Belichick is going to spin his first round pick into a third, two fifths and two six. He's going to use those picks to select a guard, two undersized safeties for special teams, a long snapper and an ambidextrous punter. And that. Oh, my God. An ambidextrous punter would be Belichick's dream. Much oh, more, my God. Much more accurate, probably. So, yeah, yeah. I think the, honestly, I think the Patriots are more likely to trade down than go get a quarterback. So here's my trade that I think will happen. Which is just, okay. I think the Broncos trade up to get Fields and or Trey Lance, whoever falls. But I think the Broncos trade yeah. up to get Fields. I think that you could argue it's Detroit or Carolina. So the Broncos are sitting at nine. Detroit's at seven. Carolina's at eight. There's probably a seven, eight, nine joke as an ambulance goes by my apartment. Uh, the I feel like Denver can give up a nine and like a third rounder to move up one or two mm-hmm. spots like. That's kind of the price. I feel like a third or a fourth rounder. That's what the Bears gave up to go to the like to you know the famous Mitchell Trubisky trade when they moved up from three to two. It's only one spot, but you're really just crowding out the Patriots or whoever the Bears or Washington or any team that wants to move up. I feel like Denver is going to get Fields. I feel like Denver is clearly the best team in the NFL that doesn't have a quarterback. I'm not counting Drew Locke. Yeah. So I just feel like it's it's yeah. a no brainer. And if they have to toss out a mid round pick to just make sure they get the guy and they'll get leapfrogged, I feel like that's. It's going to happen. Yeah, we're on the same page because I actually had that in my in the next category, a trade that we think is 50-50 to happen, that the Broncos are one of the teams that will trade up and grab a quarterback. So do you want to just jump into that now? Yeah. What do you think of that? 
Yeah, so it's the same deal, basically. I, I agree. I think that I've got the Broncos in my scenarios. The Broncos trading up to number four with the Falcons uh, for Trey Lance. And the reason I did that was uh, I think the Falcons have already made it clear they're open for business with number four. It would make sense for the Falcons to do this because they don't drop back that far. You know, they're dropping back to number nine. There's still going to be a lot of blue chip players there at number nine. They're going to be able to pick up. I've got them giving up. Uh, the Broncos giving up a second rounder this year, a second rounder next year. So basically, and this is when you talk about value and, and how much it's going to cost to trade up to this spot, take a guess because it's it, it will vary. You know, it just depends on the season. In this case, it's going to be for one of the top quarterbacks left. And so I think that Atlanta will really be able to like hold that pick hostage and get more than you might think. So I have two second rounders, a second rounder this year, a second rounder in 2022. That's a you know potential theoretical trade. But at the same time, they pick up those extra picks and only have to move back to number nine. They still are in good situation um, to pick a very good player, maybe even one of these top pass catchers. And so um, it's not a big deal for them. So ironic, though, that the Falcons might pass in Justin Fields, even though Georgia let Justin Fields transfer to keep like, Jake Fromm. <laughs> and now the state of Georgia is going to like, how are how is the city of Atlanta, where Justin Fields is basically, he's from what, Marietta, which is what, 40 minutes outside Atlanta. How are they going to let Justin Fields leave Georgia twice? That seems ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. That would be just like a, a brutal twist of fate. But I don't know. What do, you, do you feel? Does that mean you feel that the Falcons are going to sit there and pick? I think that to what you said about the bidding war, I think it makes sense, but only if they want the same quarterback, right? Because the reality is you need to get the bidding war. You need two or three teams coming in. I think that mm -hmm. it's easy to say, well, the Bears might want a quarterback there at uh, pick 20 or like the Raiders or not the Raiders, but Washington might have picked. 19 or whatever but realistically all these teams get so locked in on the top prospects that there's like a floor that you'll build in of how far you're back you're willing to go really like the Falcons are hitting sitting here staring at Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase are they really going to go back further than nine like who are they really bid like who are the Broncos really bidding against to move up to that spot you know what I mean nine is even kind of far when you start thinking about Kyle Pitts and then you lose him because if the Falcons have Kyle Pitts that's like the most fun offense in football, which is a shame because the Falcons are the most boring yeah. team in the NFL. It's kind of a tragedy. But like if you had Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, and then they actually have a pretty decent, it's not a bad offensive line. And Matt Ryan, that's an unbelievable, like, we do a fantasy football podcast. That is the fantasy football dream. And hopefully yeah, they never run the ball. But with Arthur Smith as that coach, it's hard for me to think that they're going to go all the way back out of the Kyle Pitts Jamar Chase territory unless they get a lot of picks. Right. But do the Broncos really have to offer that? Like, who are they competing with? Yeah, so I guess that's a good question. And, and let's so that's why I had it at 50 50, because I, I feel pretty strongly that it's like very close, whether the Falcons just sit there, take pits, sit there, take a quarterback or trade back. I really can't get a good, you know, grab grapple or grasp on like what they're going to do at that spot. So going back to what you said. Do you have them going up? So they're Denver's at number nine. Do you have them going up to number seven with the Lions? Is that where you think it, they're going to just basically jump Carolina, who's sitting there at number eight? And, well, they basically have to jump and fend off everybody else, every other team that's trying to come up into the first round. Or, sorry, into the early first round to get a quarterback, right? So they might have to jump a few spots. It'll be cheaper for them. But on the same time, the Lions will still be able to get a very good elite player by only just dropping back a little bit, still picking up like a little, little, you know, just profit by dropping back two spots. 
So I guess here's how I see, I guess here's how I look at the top 10, just in terms of like, what's, what's the landscape? Jaguars aren't moving. The Jets aren't moving. The 49ers aren't moving. The Falcons probably want to be blown away with a Godfather offer and will just be disappointed mm. and are probably secretly waiting to just get offered that package the Dolphins got and will be upset and then just talk themselves into Kyle Pitts. I don't think they're going to end up taking quarterback. Obviously, they could. If I were running the team, I'd probably want Justin Fields. But I feel like they'll end up taking Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase. And then at that point, I think the Bengals don't move because they just are a weird franchise and they don't seem to trade, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you see the photo they released of these jerseys, uniforms the Bengals just released? And then Joe Burrow has like this like 12, not 12, eight-inch scar on his knee from like mm. this ACL surgery and it just looks gnarly. I'm like, you know what? They're going to take a tackle. I don't care. You can't see that photo of his <laughs> knee and take yeah, a receiver. It's yeah. ridiculous. They're going to take a tackle. The Dolphins stayed at six, obviously, to take someone. They want... Of they want like a pass catcher. It's clearly why they stayed they went in that back six up range. to six. Yeah. So they're not going to move. The Lions are a complete wild card at seven. We don't know anything about this regime. All we know is they got long, like I think six year contracts to rebuild this team. So you think that they would want to like maybe move back if they can get some quarterback leverage. But also my thing with the Lions is that when they talk, what did the, um, Dan Campbell, the head coach, talk about in that press conference? It's like we're going to be a tough. We're going to take on the identity of this city. I mean, biting kneecaps, which <laughs> a little out of context for a 90 minute press conference, but he still said it. Right. It's like a pass. Like teams put a lot of effort into like, who's the first player we're going to take as part of this, where they're going to set the tone. Teams take that seriously. Right. This guy's going to set the culture. Is it really going to be a receiver to set the tone for like the, the identity of the Detroit Lions? I feel like it's going to be an offensive lineman. I just feel that way. Or a defense. I don't yeah. know. Or they'll trade back and take a defender. I feel like they're going to want, or honestly, Micah Parsons. Like, I feel like they right. want a physical player at that position or they trade back tone, a tone setter. Yeah. Set the tone. So it's maybe the Lions could trade back and the Panthers, who I think when they traded for Darnold basically said, yeah, you know what? If the quarterback we have really high on our board falls to us, we'll take one. But they kind of want to move back and take picks. So that's all. And then Broncos need a quarterback. Their GM, Scott Fitter, who's new on the job there in Carolina, uh, came from Seattle, who has famously traded back every opportunity that they got in every single draft going back to 2010. You know, they've they've always been big believers in adding like more darts to throw. So you get like you just have more players that can come in and contribute, especially when you're laying a foundation like the Seahawks early on when they're rebuilding their roster. I bet you will see Carolina churn through guys, you know, over the next year or two and, and try and find you know, the ideal sort of like foundation. So I think they're a prime trade backs, but I think they're going to be looking to trade back. Yeah. What do we always talk about separating what coaches and GMs say from what coaches and GMs do? They traded for Sam Darnold. And then they said after that, this does not rule us out from taking quarterback. Okay. Well, if you sure. look at what they did, it seems that they read the landscape. The Niners beat them to the punch at the third spot. The Falcons are their division rival with the fourth spot. Panthers aren't going to be able to trade into that four spot, basically no matter what. So they're like, well, screw it. We're going to get outbid if we really want to be up there. They probably could have been at that third spot if they'd wanted to. They didn't want to pay the price. They won't get the four. So like, screw it. We're going to get Darnold for a fraction of the price, and we don't have to take a quarterback now. So I guess my question, and the reason I have the Broncos yeah. trading with either the Panthers or the Lions is, I don't see another team who needs a quarterback needing to move in the top 10 like the Broncos do. And I don't think any of these other teams will want to trade further down than nine 
And so ultimately the Broncos have the leverage because yeah. they can offer a third round yeah. pick. The team can basically pick up a free third round pick and get the player they were going to get anyway, as opposed to maybe moving from like, OK, the Bears offer you this, the Steelers offer you this, but you get a way worse player than the guy you've been targeting. Right. It's like a massive, massive tear drop off. Yeah. Exactly. So th- all that to say, I think the Broncos get a quarterback. I think the Broncos flip a mid-rounder to move up a couple spots. We don't know who it is. Yet. Yeah. So I I threw a couple Drew Locke stats on here just to kind of give you some context for why they would be aggressive at that Please. spot. Favorite subgenre of mine, Drew Locke stats. So Ben Baldwin from The Athletic does an EPA per pass plus uh, completion percentage over expectation composite. So he calls it EPA plus CPOE. That's the nerdiest and- thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> a composite but it, it a graph but when you look at like the people you look at the quarterbacks who are on like high up on that list it's a very um it makes sense like when you look at it like okay yeah these are the best quarterbacks in the nfl it makes sense uh on the other hand then you have drew Locke, who was fourth worse in that composite ahead of only sam darnold carson wentz and Dwayne haskins so that is bad very and that very composite bad. basically measures how much value they add right so epa per plays expected points added and then completion percentage over expectation is basically looking at like, you know, how much better they are than the expected slash the average quarterback, what he would what he would complete, how many passes he would complete in these situations. So, um, yeah, I think it's definitely like how much higher they are over just like a league average quarterback. Um, yeah, you have your fancy stats. I just have he was last. He was dead last in completion percentage. Fifty seven percent. It's pretty tough. Yeah, and like look back, you got he was 26th out of 33 in percentage of accurate passes from a clean pocket. Clean pocket passing is one of the stickiest stats in terms of like predictiveness and whatnot. And he just was not good in a clean pocket. Number three, and I think this is gonna be a big one because they love Jerry Judy. He came in and he got like a ton of targets. You know, I they had talked about how he was like one of the highest ranked players on their board when they got him. Jerry Judy last year per PFF had 26 incomplete targets that were the QB's fault, most in the NFL. So they want to, they, they're going to want to change that, I think. Yeah. The only thing I'll say for Drew Locke is that he hurt his throwing shoulder in week two. And maybe that was the thing. But also, yeah, it's a new yeah. GM, John Elway, who had Drew Locke, is apparently tired of making decisions and did the thing where you promote yourself out of being responsible. I don't know how that works. Anyway, I agree. They're going to move on from Drew Locke. Let's go to trades that. Might happen, which we've already stepped on because we flipped ours. Um, can I give you my Patriots trade, my version yeah. of the trade up? You had the Patriots trade moving from like 15 to seven. Here's my little Patriots trade I've concocted. Let's hear it. Patriots trade up for Justin Fields and or Trey Lance, whoever's mm-hmm. there, for the, with the Dallas Cowboys. Patriots uh. get the, the Patriots get the 10th pick and get Justin Fields and or Trey Lance. The Cowboys get the 15th pick and cornerback Stephon Gilmore and like a third round. <laughs> oh, Cowboys I get like the this. best cornerback they've had since like Deion Sanders. Yeah. Let's get Justin Fields. What so do you think? you're going to have to remind me, but weren't hasn't uh, Gilmore been subject of trade rumors before, like somewhat recently? I, I can't remember off the top of my head All exactly off-season. what happened, but yeah. Why do so you expect that makes to be traded earlier this offseason? It's kind of cooled down, but like I don't see any reason not. Like the Cowboys can sit there and be like, maybe we want Patrick Sertain, maybe we want JC Horn. But like here's the thing. They could trade back to 15, might still get Patrick Sertain or JC Horn, but then also get Stephon Gilmore cornerback. Now they go from needing cornerback and now they have one of the best cornerback groups in the entire NFL because they'll have Trevon Diggs, Ooh. plus whoever they draft, Ooh. plus Gilmore. 
they could almost certainly get either Sertain or JC Horn, I think. Like it's it's pretty certain. That's a that's a really brilliant idea. I like that. And from the patch, you're basically moving up to get rid of a player that you kind of were trying to get rid of anyway in exchange for quarterback. I think it, I, I kind of think that's the sneaky one. I think it works. <laughs> that's brilliant. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer availability and eligibility may vary. Trades that will not happen, but like honestly they should and we want them and are really fun. Okay. So, yeah, I'm just going to get the big homer one out of this, like out of the way here. Seahawks trade Jamal Adams. Okay, first of all. <laughs> You're trying to undo the Jamal context. Adams trade? For context, yeah, a little bit. For context. I don't have anything against Jamal Adams, but I just think they way overpaid. Now they're going to have to pay the guy like a you know $18 million a year or whatever. So just like, you know, do a little reversal. You sound like a Seahawks fan who's upset you don't have a pick in the top 100. I am, and that's the context. They, the Seahawks have three draft picks in this draft. It's going to be a brutally boring like three-day draft for Seahawks fans. And I'm just trying to like spice it up a little bit. So trade Jamal Adams to the Raiders for two firsts, one this year, one next year. It's not gonna, this is not going to happen at all, but it's what fun the, to think about. What? what? Uh, and then, well, let's, let's look. Gruden is going to no, get sorry, his I'll, version I'll, of judging. Jonathan Abram that he wanted all along. He, you know, Gruden loves Jonathan Abram, like the mentality he brings and all that. Unfortunately, Abram is just not he he just hasn't been the player I think that the Raiders expected. They wanted like this enforcer guy to come in and like set the tone, all that stuff. That's Jam- that's Jamal Adams right there. Trade two first. Who cares? And then the Seahawks can turn around and trade that first. They trade back and turn that into like six extra picks on like day two and three and do their thing where they, they pick nine times and it's like everything is back to normal. You know, reset this like it's a blank slate for everybody. I get to actually enjoy the draft from a Seahawks fan's perspective. This is not you know what I love? Happen. Remember how we opened this pod <laughs> and I was like, it's the time of year where you could just pretend your team is one trade away from being a good again. I like that it's like you're <laughs> yeah. this like sober NFL draft expert. And the second we ask you to talk about your own team, you're just as like delusional as everybody else is about there. It's like, yeah, we'll flip the ball out of two first rounders. You know, we'll undo that. I'm going to be clear. I'm going to be clear. The Raiders this will do it. They're called trades that won't happen. I know it's I, not going to okay. happen. I know. <laughs> but it's like, I, I was hoping for like fun stuff. <laughs> like, it's like, no, no, I'm like doing like the like the Thanos thing where like let's let's reset history here. Oh my god. Okay, so I I have one. You mentioned the Raiders. I actually have one that also involves the Raiders. Hit me with it. This is like a three team deal. So it's kind of like the Miami San Francisco Eagles trade that moved the Niners up. 
was like two trades, but it was really like a three-team trade. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's kind of yeah. one of those. The You know how John Gruden gets bored? Yeah, that's, that's kind of my point. The Raiders trade Derek Carr to the Chicago Bears for the 20th oh. pick in the draft. Okay. The Raiders then take the 20th pick in the draft from Chicago and also add their 17th pick in the draft, which is their own pick. So two first rounders mm-hmm. send it to Miami for the sixth pick and the Raiders take Justin Fields. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so Gruden Grinder, who's out here, Gruden misses his QB camp and then the Raiders mm-hmm. actually go up, blow up their offense, get Justin Fields, build around Justin Fields in Vegas. The Dolphins get two extra first rounders, or sorry, well, one extra first rounder to move back, which would make it, what, six or seven first rounders from the Laramie Tunsil trade in total. And then the Bears get Derek Carr. Wow. And so, like, I guess, like, if we're actually going to break this down, the reason the Bears can't do that is because they 20 wouldn't be enough to get up to, to number six with the Dolphins, right? So, like, the Raiders have no, to, No, no, like, they're really offering 20 and thing. 17. The Bears are getting, Der- the Bears are just swapping Derek Carr out for the 20th pick. No, I know. I get that. So my question is, why can't the Bears just trade up? Which And the answer would be because 20 is not enough to get them up that far. No. So uh, they need that two makes first sense. Rounders and to it, do it. and from, a, from the Dolphins' point of view, it's two first-rounders this year. I kind of like this. It's not going to happen. But Yeah, right? It, but the <laughs> thing is, Gruden... I feel here's He's just been you, trying to get rid of Carr for years, it feels like. Did you Probably see how Derek Carr and John Gruden live next to each other in Vegas? Like, when they moved to Vegas, they bought <laughs> houses next to each other, which is, like, I, I mean, absolutely a wild decision. But I feel like mm. then Derek Carr can get a house ne- next to Matt Nagy. Or do you think that Justin Fields would live next to Gruden? Would he just move into Carr's house? Oh my God. Do you think the Bears would make this deal, though? Like, re- in reality, do you think they're willing to give up a first-round pick for Derek Carr? But what does Ryan Pace care? He's gone if this year doesn't go well. Who cares? <laughs> Buy himself an extra year or two. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I could see a team talking themselves into this type of deal, for sure. And the, the Bears haven't been, like, famously logical over the last few years. So, sure. So, Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, tweeted, I'm quoting him now, the Dolphins have already made two moves in the NFL draft. They may not be done yet. Sources say they've received calls from teams looking to trade up to number six, and it is something they're considering a lot of things in play, but Miami could be added again, end quote. So you never know. They could move back again. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging. I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. 
this is the this is like the best part. People send us some tweets. We ask for trades, and obviously, people just send trades that will not happen, but honestly, are pretty fun. So we're just gonna roll through these. We got one from Brady, not Tom Brady, like a person named Brady on Twitter. Uh, Packers trade two first to move into the top ten for Jamar Chase. That would be amazing. You know who my you know who my comp for Jamar Chase is currently? No. Oh, it's Devontae Adams. Devontae Devontae Adams. So he, having two Devontae Adams is certainly better than one, I would say. <laughs> it's almost as good as three. That it's would like, really this trade would really shut people up about like surrounding Tom or surrounding Aaron Rodgers with more talent. That would definitely shut him up. Two Devontae Adams stuck in this wall can't get him out. Okay. We got another one from Craig. Craig H, actually, not Craig Coralbeck, but a different Craig. Miami gets Kyle Pitts at six. Devontae Smith falls to the low teens, and then the Dolphins trade up and get him as well, which the Dolphins are able to do because the Dolphins also have the 18th pick in the draft. This one's pretty fun. This one is I like, like that. we're in. The, this is in the wrong section because this honestly could be in trades that might happen. It's 50, not wild. 50. Like the Dolphins <laughs> just throw a third rounder to move from like 18 to like 14 and then get Kyle Pitts and or Jalen Waddle or Kyle Pitts and or Devontae Smith. That's actually amazing. Oh my God. That would be actually this is so I'm starting to believe it, it, there's some whispers and, and, and a thought out there that Devontae Smith ends up being the third receiver taken. It's going to be Jalen Waddle. It's going to be Jamar Chase first, Jalen Waddle second, and then Devontae Smith like a distant third. This is like sort of the prevailing wins I think are starting to say this so I think there's a pretty solid chance Devontae Smith falls to I don't know if he's going to fall past the Eagles but he could I think Eagles fans including the ones I, I know will lose <laughs> their minds if the Eagles pass yeah. on Devontae Smith like actually lose their minds yeah but if you go past it look the Chargers so if the, if Devontae Smith falls and he doesn't go to the Eagles at 12 the, the Chargers, Chargers need to tackle, but like, who is they the Chargers? Who are the but who are the Chargers receivers after Keenan Allen? Like, they got. I mean, it is quietly like a list of nobodies. Well, they got Mike Williams, which is you know former first round pick. He's not like the flashiest guy, but he's solid. Um, but he's, and, he's in the last year deal, I think. So Mike Williams is in his contract season, but I mean, we remember last year we saw like guys like Jalen Guyton, Tyrone Johnson coming in and being really effective. Maybe yeah, they like don't think this is like. Yeah, that's anyway. my point is like maybe they don't see this as like a, a huge, huge need. It's a deep draft at, at, at receiver. We can wait a little bit. So it's uh, easy so to right. see the Chargers not taking him. And then the Vikings, they, they line, took yeah. Justin Jefferson last year. They're not going to take another yeah. receiver, most likely. Okay. You know, so I think there's a, you know, then maybe they trade up to 15. <laughs> the we did the mock draft back. on the show last week and <laughs> Bill took Bill took Jalen Waddle at 15 instead yeah. of Mac Jones. No yeah. one took Mac Jones, which is hilarious. But so Jalen Waddle, I think it's fascinating that Jalen Waddle can go ahead of Devontae Smith because the idea that Devontae Smith was maybe the best college football receiver ever, but also will not be the first yeah. player draft receiver drafted from his own team. But DK, our team's just kind of chasing Tyreek Hill. Like they just see that Tyreek Hill's the fastest player in the NFL and he's explosive and they want of they just kind of see a fast player. Kind of like how Kyle Pitts is kind of almost like a Travis Kelsey like dude, but he's actually that good. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. I mean, look at what the Raiders did last year taking Henry Ruggs. I think that they saw, look, we're in the same division as as the Chiefs. We've seen what uh, the Chiefs have done with Tyreek Ty Hill and how he stretches and stresses the defense and how difficult it is to match up with that um, and how much of a game changer that can be on your offense. I think teams are absolutely looking for that. And every year you have a new guy that's supposed to be Tyreek Hill. None of them are ever Tyreek Hill, I feel like, just because he is a very rare 
you know, athlete, extremely explosive, like one of the fastest guys. No, the fastest guy in the NFL. Well, it's kind of like a great comedian spawns 30,000 terrible comedians. <laughs> right. And it's like good football players spawn like many bad copycats from teams trying to replicate that. Think about, yeah, this is totally off topic, but think about how many bad quarterbacks are going to get drafted because of Josh Allen. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I could, I could absolutely see uh, Waddle being, in, in fact, I think it feels like almost consensus now. Everywhere I look, it's, it's Waddle over Devontae Smith. So, to put a big bow on it, to get back to what we were talking about, the Chiefs or the, the Dolphins could come out of this draft with Kyle Pitts and Devontae Smith added to their offense. That would be freaking That would be amazing. unbelievable. Okay. Let's keep rolling here. Another listener one we got. We, two very similar trades. One from Full Press Giants and then one from Ariane Dory. Basically both offering the same thing. The Saints move up from the 20th pick to 10 with Dallas to take Trey Lance. Saints give up their first and third this year. Basically, and a first next year. Basically a replica of the Chiefs-Bills trade that where the Chiefs traded up for Patrick Mahomes. And then mm-hmm. another a, a tweak on this, which I actually like even better, is that F- Justin Fields falls to 13. We were just talking about the Chargers. The Saints trade right tackle Ryan Ramzik to the Chargers for the 13th pick. And then the Saints take <laughs> Justin Fields, which I kind of love because the Sean Payton just collects quarterbacks. And then the Chargers are out here like, why draft a right tackle? when we can just trade for, like, the second-best right tackle in the entire league. And the Saints also have so much money cap issues, they might not be able to sign Ramsey to an extension anyway, so it's not crazy that they would give him up a year early to get Fields and extend the Super Bowl window, like, another 10 years. I love love the idea of the Saints trading up to get a quarterback, and this goes back to something we talked about on an earlier show, which is, you know, a lot of the times, the, the, the quarterbacks that come out of the draft, obviously, they all have to have talent, they all have to have work ethic, they all have to be smart all that stuff, but like landing in a good system and a good team with a good supporting cast and a good foundation is just so good. It's so helpful for a quarterback coming to the NFL. And so it honestly be really fun to see any of these like Trey Lance, Justin Fields, you know, Mac Jones, whoever land on a very good team or like a team that could be very good, you know, with the saints, obviously they lost Drew Brees, but this is a perennial playoff team and having any of these quarterbacks end up there, you could really see, um, parallels to the Patrick Mahomes situation with Kansas City. So I would love this. Yeah, the fact that this has just happened very recently with like the Chiefs moving up, just I, I just think the Saints are willing to do whatever. The Saints are like the wild card, and then the Raiders are <laughs> yeah. like shortly behind them. But those yeah, two teams, sure. I would believe anything. Okay. Dika, should we get to... It, it's all, tomorrow's 420. You want to get to like the hits bong trades, the ones that will just yeah. melt people's brains? Yeah, this so, so the, the one I... The, I was just thinking like what would piss people off the most of anything that could happen in this draft? Too. And this is never going to happen, but the Chiefs trade up to number four to take Kyle Pitts. <laughs> like put put Kyle. Oh Pitts. my god! Remember you how we were talking Kelsey? about what's better than what's better than two one Devonte Adams, two Devonte Adams. What's better than one Travis Kelsey Heifetz? Two Travis Kelseys. <laughs> so holy shit! I mean, really, really, you could. You could insert any team picking late in the round into this scenario, whether it be Tampa Bay. That would piss off a lot of people. I don't know how they would do it, but, you know, crazier things have happened. Buffalo, Green Bay, the Saints, or the Ravens. Anybody trading up to number four to take Kyle Pitts would just be a chaos creator. I think it's there's like 
maybe a 1% chance something like this will happen. But looking back, not that long ago, the Julio Jones trade, I think there's a parallel here. Julio Jones in Atlanta, er, sorry, in 2011, Atlanta moved up from 27 to 6 to grab a guy that they viewed as a generational pass-catching talent. Is there a world in which you could see a team trading up from 27 to 6, 5, 4 in that area uh, to grab a guy that a lot of people are considering a generational talent, generational pass catcher? Um, Atlanta gave up in that trade. They gave up 27th pick, a second rounder and a fourth rounder that year in 2011, plus first rounder and a fourth rounder the next year. So they basically gave up two firsts, a second and two fourths to move up that far. Um, and I mean, it, you know, you could argue that they gave up too much and it like hurt their ability to build a solid foundation. But like, do you think anybody in Atlanta like regrets having Julio Jones the last 10 years? No, I'm just trying to think about Patrick Mahomes running for his life from all these Bucks defenders. <laughs> but like Kyle Pitts is wide open and we're like, damn, if only they had tackles. This would be a really good offense. But yeah. I mean, but no, that would be absolutely fun. But I feel like them not taking a tackle would be malpractice. Again, going back to the scar on Joe Burrow's leg, the emotional scars in Patrick right. Holmes. Although he has a toe injury, which is very real, uh, that he had surgery for. But that's terrifying and kind of a really fun thought exercise. <laughs> All right. I gave this a lot of thought of like, what's the hits bong hmm. trade? But I thought about a lot, but I wanted to be grounded in like some reality. Like I thought about like Aaron Rodgers for Russell Wilson straight up and just thought about how much that would just piss you off personally. But like it's yeah, you just wanted to do that. But I wanted to hone in on something that like actually is grounded and like based on how the organization works, this is plausible, but like would blow everyone up. And I figured it out. DK, Are you ready? (laughs) I'm so excited for this. Yeah. Eagles trade up for Trey Lance. Okay, so from 12, where do they trade up to? I don't care. It doesn't matter. It would be unbelievable. <laughs> or Mac Jones, because the idea that they would trade up for Trey Lance after all this to just get a like they get rid of Wentz, stick with Hertz, and then get the other North Dakota State quarterback <laughs> would be out of control. They go from they tank to get the six pick, trade back to 12, be like, hey, we're gonna get a receiver, move up, and instead of getting a receiver, get a second quarterback. And Howie Roseman's like, we wanted to be the quarterback factory. Actually, they want to be the quarterback factory in North Dakota State. Oh, my God. This would be the dumbest thing. People would just skewer them for this. Monopolize the market and quarterbacks who played in Fargo, North Dakota. Oh, my God. I hope that doesn't happen. (laughs) Look, it's probably not. But there's that report that Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the Eagles, like wants them to stick with Hertz for this year. But also, I feel like just because they the quarterback factory comment blew up on them doesn't mean they've changed their minds and i feel like if they do have a quarterback they really like i don't know man i don't know I, it's not gonna happen but <laughs> i think that's the, i think every eagles fans i know would be distraught which that alone is probably worth it okay you want to get some some listener mind-blowing ones that people threw out there you got a couple yes yes it's from spencer the jaguars leak a deep fake video of trevor lawrence smoking weed in a gas mask then they leak that they're gonna go get zach wilson they traded number two jets take wilson Jags get Lawrence, and then they get another first-round pick, which they use to draft uh, a receiver like Rashad Bateman. <laughs> this is uh, this one's out there. I like it. So they so they're gonna they're gonna ruin Trevor Lawrence's draft stock, trade back, and then still get Trevor Lawrence. Is the idea? They should just deep fake him into remember the Titans because Trevor Lawrence is sunshine. <laughs> By the way, deep fakes are terrifying. 
Like they deep fakes should be illegal somehow. You ever talk to Kevin O'Connor? Kevin O'Connor is a huge fan. Emerging technologies. <laughs> just embrace it. Reality is over. Great Atlantic article. The end of reality. Uh, I do actually believe that we will look back on the era when we assumed internet videos were real. It's a very quaint thing from the beginnings of the internet. It's very sad. Okay. <laughs> Another one from Deranger Dog. There will be no trades this year as every team has learned to be content with the roster they have and the draft option as available when it is their turn to select a player. <laughs> what are the odds of that happening? Everyone's happy with uh, their lot in life. Oh my gosh. I, I wonder, I haven't even, this would be an interesting thing to research. I, like what was the fewest trades that ever happened in a first round? I feel like there's always at least two or three. Well, it's all changed because everyone was more conservative like 40 years ago. And then now teams mm -hmm. just come in and are just like, yeah, whatever. Picks. Sure. We'll trade them. Like gyms just don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you're forgetting one very important one here that I thought was hilarious. From Rose City Peach. Dan Campbell. This is not a trade, but it's something that I want to see happen now. Dan Campbell appears on Zoom completely naked wearing only a necktie. You never know what Dan Campbell is going to do, I feel like. You never know. He's the true wild card of this draft. Well, do you remember last year's draft from Bill O'Brien? Like, there was, like, announced, like, a trade or something between the Lions and the Texans, and then they cut to Bill O'Brien, and he just, like, palms to the sky, like, what? Like, screaming <laughs> into the phone, like, what just happened? <laughs> so, also, don't forget that the draft is where we got the images of Cliff Kingsbury's house last year. Oh, my God, yes. That was so, amazing. are we going to see Cliff Kingsbury's house again? You got a new house, maybe? I, only if you got a new <laughs> house. Sounds, well, you see the Rams are one-upping it. Like, don't forget, Beach Cliff Kingsbury, timeline here. Timeline here. Timeline here. <laughs> Very important. Cliff Kingsbury gets the Cardinals job, and in the official press release is like the Kevin Clark bit. And they don't mention Kevin, but the bit that they're like good friends with Sean McVay. Like, that's like how he got this Cardinals yeah, job. Yeah. Cliff Kingsbury... The house thing, it goes viral. Everyone's obsessed with the house. The Rams now are doing the Malibu Beach House presented by, I, I forget, the Toyota? I don't even know. They Some car company put them up in a Malibu Beach House <laughs> to do the entire draft from. And they're just like hitting golf balls into the ocean. Like, yeah, it's going to be a great draft. It's like the house. It's like an HGTV special, but like just for the draft location. <laughs> At the end, McVeigh has to decide which house out of three that he wants to buy. And he has to buy one of them. So you know how NFL teams can't actually draft and everyone's really bad at this 50-50? Do you think that like they're all bad at like picking houses too? It's like if Kingsbury <laughs> whiffed on the draft on the draft last year. Like, oh, we were on a Christian Kirk and there's like new house this year. Didn't realize that like it's not, you know, no circulation in if the you're, hot Arizona air. If you're a Rams fan, how does this make you feel? Feels like they're missing uh what they're sort of missing the priorities here. Do you think that you draft better in like a dark windowless bunker that's like reminiscent of like a Soviet block? Or, <laughs> yeah. like, or do you think you draft better at like Malibu Beach House? You got good vibes going on. You can feel better about the decisions. Your, your mind is more clear. I don't know. Maybe there is something to it. Maybe I'm just judgy. I don't know. So before we leave, before we leave the show, I, I just want to throw a question out to you now. And this is like off my off the cuff or whatever. But we've talked about the quarterbacks. Clearly, we've talked about Kyle Pitts. We've talked about Jamar Chase and some of the other receivers. Do you think there's any other players like in the Marcus Davenport, I guess, like spectrum that other team that that will be a trade up candidate? Have we hit like on a non quarterback candidates? And by Marcus yeah. Davenport, you mean the defensive end, the Saints traded up like seven picks to inexplicably go get. 
and it's fine. Right. But like, or like non uh, Devin Bush, candidate. Devin Bush, a couple years so, ago when the pay, when when the Steelers went up and got him. That's a good question. So I think that the answer to that part of me thinks if Rashad Bateman falls, part of me thinks Jalen Waddle if he falls, but I think it's also about scarcity. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, I don't know if there's many Micah Parsons like linebackers trading up for a linebacker is right. kind of ridiculous. He's Kyle the first Pitts guy too, that I like, thought of. There's no tight ends in this draft. There's basically three that'll go in the first two days, right? So Kyle Pitts is kind of yeah. a, a too obvious answer, but like going beyond then, I feel like the real answer will be like defensive end because there's such different grades than defensive ends this year's this year that yeah, like teams yeah, will yeah. have their guy, but to everyone else it'll look really weird. But to that team, they're like, that's our guy. And other teams will be like, well, he was the fifth defensive end on our board. Yeah. But I could see it being like Jalen so, Phillips. Yeah, the guys I have in mind, I think, when I was thinking this question were Micah Parsons, who there's some indications he could fall a little bit in the draft, and that, that could happen. Um, but I could also see a team just falling in love with his potential. Penny Sewell, who if he falls out of the top like five, if, if, the, if he doesn't go to the Bengals, he could be a player. I think that teams could be like, okay, we're making a move. We're going up and getting this guy. I mean, Peter King's column this week, Gil Brandt, who's been scouting for 61 years, compared him to, he said it reminds him of Jonathan Ogden. Yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> that's, a, that's, <laughs> that's a good, good sign. Thing. Um, so I could see definitely a team going up and getting really excited about Sewell and, and, and grabbing him. I actually think, going back to what you just said and what we talked about earlier, Jalen Waddell, People, man, teams just talk themselves into these explosive guys, and I could actually see well, some teams, teams talk to them into stuff. Like at the end of the day, they are just as overthinking this as we are. Obviously, they do this all day <laughs> and know way more right. about this stuff than they do. But they're also overthinking themselves in circles, just like everyone else. Yeah. Um, and then the last guy I would throw out. So maybe, well, first let me say a couple. The cornerbacks, maybe like you could see a small jump up. I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect a guy, any team to go up like ten spots to get a corner. But Jalen Phillips from Miami is another guy yeah. that I'm kind of thinking could be a top ten pick. And if he falls a little bit, some team is going to be like, all right, this guy could trans help transform our defensive line. He's the former top overall recruit in the country. I feel like those recruits have a terrible track record. Was it Robert and Kim Diche, Daquan Bowers? Like those guys never do anything in the NFL. Maybe that's true. But like, te- I, I don't think that changes the way teams look at these guys. It's like players okay, that have fair. been blue chip, like rare, extraordinary athletes with, uh, with Phillips. He had like a very strange college career. He got hit by a car when he was riding a moped. And that like derailed yeah. his his college career for a little while. And he came back; he was absolutely dominant. And he, then he put on like a show at his pro day, just elite athleticism. This is a class with very few uh, elite pass rushers, if any. Like all of the pass rushers, I think you mentioned this earlier. It's sort of like eye of the beholder, you know. And I would say Jalen Phillips is, if anybody, is going to be the guy that like a team goes up and gets. It could be. So if there's a bizarre top 10 pick, because right now everyone thinks the top 10 is going to be four or five quarterbacks, three or four pass catchers and like a tackle and like maybe a cornerback like Patrick Sertain or signed around at the top 10. You think Jalen Phillips is the guy who would be a top 10 pick? Everyone would be like, wait, what? Yeah. I think so. In fact, you, me, I, I can't remember if he did say this, but I, I believe I did see Gil Brandt say something along the same line. You just brought him up. Like, 
Gilbrandt would have him in the top 10 somewhere. So like the, he's going to be the surprise guy. And he there, He's going to be all over the map, I think, with teams. But some team is going to fall in love with him and, and just like want to take him that high. Remind me, originally went to UCLA, had that moped yeah. incident. Well, I mean, what a moped incident. Well, he, he, had, had, he had that not... plus he had that plus several other injuries that like basically derailed his career. He had uh, a bunch of injuries. He retired, like medically retired from football after a few seasons at UCLA and then decided to give it another go, transferred to Miami, took over, and then he came in and took over for Gregory Rousseau, who's another potential first-round pick. Rousseau opted out. Uh, Phillips went in and played, and he like lit it up. He was awesome. One of the best pass rushers at in University the University of Miami. At Miami. So um, he has sort of a circuitous like track to the NFL, and there's, there's enough circumstances around sort of like everything that happened to him in college that a team could be like, you know what? We're gonna take a chance on this guy. He's a he's a he's a blue chip talent, very rare talent, and and we think he can turn into like an elite pass rusher. So he's another guy. I think that's just interesting. I like it. Any other guys that maybe could go top ten would blow your mind, but but you could see it. Yeah, there's. I don't know. That's that's about it, really. I think like we mentioned, pretty much everybody. I'm trying to look through my list and just see if there's anybody that could really go that high, but it would have to be like completely out of left field i think for you know like any of these other guys to go that high maybe like elijah vera tucker he's another tackle USA, but like the guard yeah tackle, guard. he's like a guy i think that the nfl is gonna be really high on but he, there's also questions about his length so like some teams might not see him as a tackle they might see him as a guard but other other than that he's like a very clean like he's athletic he he, he tested really well very good tape he's played at left guard and left uh, or at guard and left tackle um you know, there's just a lot to like about him. I think, I don't know if we mentioned it. I think this was assumed or Rashawn Slater who has potential to be a top 10 pick. Oh, throw out, I'll throw out one more guy. Jeremiah Usukoromoa from Notre Dame, who I think he, he's wow. going to be another player that's kind of like all over the map with teams because he is like, um, like Isaiah Simmons from last year. It, he's going to be viewed as a tweener. He's going to be viewed as a guy who might not have a specific position. He played the hybrid linebacker safety role uh, for Notre Dame last year, but he was all over the place, super athletic, super explosive, playmaker. Um, I think there's a tiny chance that some team falls in love with him and and he's like a top 10 pick. I think he's that talented. I'm just not sure if if anyone will be you know willing to take a chance on him that high. Well, it won't matter because the whole draft will be dominated by how Justin Fields went to the Patriots. <laughs> so let's hope yeah. that doesn't happen all right thank you dk thank you to everyone for listening that's the big board we will be back on friday kevin and Nora will be here on wednesday keep listening to the ringer nfl show and then wow draft next week it's coming real quick dk Woo. it'll be fun man can't wait